everybody this is brother frank on the remnant call glad to have you back here with us tonight and we are going to jump right into this program listen if you haven't caught the last couple of episodes you need to go back it's important information it's timely it's now everything going forward is getting more and more intense and uh, just a word if you haven't subscribed to brother benjamin's new youtube channel just go onto youtube search the day of the lord is at hand you can find his channel uh, we have linked to it we'll link to it again he is releasing uh, teachings and things on there you're not going to want to miss and and please just go there check it out and you will be blessed share it with your friends share with them about remnant call this is an end time ministry sustained by the lord not by man not by any product not by any sponsorship by the spirit of the living god this program has been sustained and we thank the lord for it and so with that i'm going to bring on tonight uh, our guest our family member who was just a part of the remnant call and that is brother benjamin benjamin are you here with me Hey, good evening, Frank. Can you hey, hear me okay? I, I am, brother. Thank God yeah. you are here. Um, I know we got a lot to cover tonight. You have a lot to cover tonight. I want to jump in with prayer, brother. And um, if you could start us off with a word of prayer, and let's get into this program tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you. Amen. Pray with me. Brothers and sisters, lift holy hands to heaven. Let's, let's shout. Amen. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God, we thank you. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for Jesus. Mm, we thank hallelujah. you for your only begotten son, which mm. you gave to us, who, who provided his own life, the perfect sacrifice, that we might be saved from the wrath that is about to be revealed, and that in your salvation, we might find life abundantly. We would find healing. We would find restoration. We would find peace and hope and love in which we would be equipped with the joy that passes understanding. Amen. And that your joy would become our strength. Mm. So, Father, teach us to lean upon you. Teach us to rely upon you. Teach us to learn to enter into your Holy Spirit through prayer and then to abide in you throughout the day. In Jesus' name I pray. Anoint this word tonight. Lord, Amen. bring forth a rima word for mm, your people, living manna from heaven's throne. In Jesus' yes. name. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise God, brother. I know that every, you know, it's amazing. I spend two days out, folks, um, going through some stuff my wife had to go through this week. And I get back in and Benjamin fills me in. And I feel like I missed the apocalypse in two days. Now, I know that's a little extreme, but what I'm saying is that the news, the information is moving and progressing so fast, brother, that a day or two out, it's like world changing events continue to happen. I know. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's a couple of really important ones that I was thinking, maybe I should tell the people. And then I thought, hmm, if I mention this stuff, probably maybe good things won't happen on YouTube. Frank, maybe we should build a separate website that we could post the most important news. I know there's a lot of news sites. Hey, that's great. Um, some of it is just too much. 
but we need to cite where the really important things perhaps could be put up. Well, because I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to even go there on some of the subjects. Well, it is true. YouTube does listen to our show with an algorithm with artificial intelligence. That happens every time. Um, I know that for a fact. And uh, because even though I have, uh, you know, have a song playing at the beginning of the show and uh, it doesn't matter if you pay the copyright uh, $50 a year, whatever it is, it, they still flag you for it because they know so that they have an algorithm and, and or excuse me, an artificial intelligence that listens and picks up stuff like that, uh, which I'm sure picks up what they deem as hate speech. Brother, I've been thinking about this for a while. I've mentioned it. I've thought about stuff like BitChute, um, some other places to maybe post some videos that are. Um, you know, a little more intense and we can keep them out of their AI. So folks uh, just pray about this with us and uh, see where the Lord leads. And uh, he's right. There will come a day. This will all be shut down. Well, and you know, we, we kind of hold back on a number of fronts, but th- that aside, let's talk about a few pieces of news. What is up with the nations of the world? The Russian Military dropped actual bombs in front of a British destroyer two days ago. Yes. Demanding that it change course because it had entered Russian territorial waters off the coast of Crimea. And Britain responded, we don't recognize the annexation of Crimea. And Russia responded, said, well, if you do it again, we're going to blow you out of the water. You'll recognize that. So anyway, it's just. And, and what, what was the response from the West? We're going to hold a major naval exercise starting in three more days. 32 warships from the NATO nations plus the Ukrainian Navy are going to do a massive exercise on Russia's doorstep. I mean, are they trying to get this party started or what, Frank? Absolutely. That, that is serious, folks. I mean, this is uh, honestly now it's happening. I mean, I would have if this would have happened 10 years ago, I would be more shocked than I am right now because this is actually shocking, but we've have so many things that are extreme keep happening. Uh, it's starting to numb people down a little bit, not understanding that this is extreme for Russia to be dropped doing that so close and literally saying next time we will not miss. Well, yeah, they didn't miss either. They, they yeah, well, they will they hit intended. them next time. Yes, yes exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, well, praise God. We are standing in the very beginning of the summer that I believe we were already warned about a while ago. Summer's coming soon. Tell the people to clean their houses. That summer is now here. And we're still in a little season of time where we can clean our houses. But we best get busy. We cannot continue to just put our head in the sand. How many times have we heard the instructions of the Lord and we've all acted like teenagers? We're like, yeah, amen, yeah, and in one ear and out the, the other. I think we should be taking notes. Write down the things that you're getting from the scriptures, the things that the Holy Spirit's bearing witness to in your heart. And then make sure you follow through and actually do what the master says, because otherwise we're no different than the rest of his rebellious house. Amen. Amen. I want to share a little bit from Ezekiel. We'll make this, uh, we're going to stay within an hour for those of you that have time limitations. And uh, I'm going to do a more detailed study in Ezekiel, particularly chapter 22 on a program on uh, my separate YouTube channel. So I would encourage you guys 
just go over there and subscribe. It's not the Benjamin Baruch official channel. That one is being deleted. It will be taken down. There'll be no new material posted on it. Uh, I've got a new, even a newer YouTube channel, which is the day of the Lord is at hand. And, and please go over there and subscribe. Uh, you're going to want to be there. Once we get past a thousand people, we'll be able to do live updates. And as things are beginning to happen quickly, you're going to want to be able to hear from us in real time. So please uh, take a moment and go subscribe because this is not a drill. You know, this is not, um, this is not something that is going to come in the future. This, this word is coming to pass right before our eyes. Let's open with the book of Ezekiel chapter one, the 20, well, let's say um, the 26th verse. This is Ezekiel when he was shown the, the fire of God's presence coming out of the north, fire rep representing the actual Shekinah presence of the glory of the spirit of God coming forth as a whirlwind from the north and, and then manifesting in the form of the cherubim, the creatures with four faces, face of a man, the face of a lion, the face of an ox, the face of an eagle, the attributes of, of God in us coming to fulfill the second half of the seven-year ministry of Jesus. Frank and I were talking before the program, and we're going to dedicate a, an entire program to the study of the seven-year ministry of Jesus Christ. But here Ezekiel was shown in chapter one, the manifestation of God in his people. And then he heard the voice of the Almighty speaking to him as the noise of, or the sound of many waters. And in verse 26, above the firmament, over their heads was the likeness of a throne. As the appearance of sapphire, and upon the likeness of the throne was the appearance of a man above all. And he saw the color of amber, the color of bronze, the color of judgment. And Jesus Christ who is God Almighty, the eternal Son of the Father, is also a man born into the earth in the same Adamic flesh as we also share, only without sin. Yet he walked through the fire of judgment to purify, to learn obedience through the things he suffered. And, and that's astonishing. How is it that the Lord Jesus needed to learn obedience? The scripture testifies, and in so doing, he grew in favor with God and men. So too, we must begin to learn obedience. The time of suffering is upon us. Some of us have been suffering severely for quite a while now. Others, don't worry, your days come. And don't fret and don't murmur. The Lord appointed this time of suffering, and it is going to get difficult. The heat of the summer is just the beginning. It's going to get difficult, but that suffering, that purging fire is here to cleanse us and to redeem us. But as Ezekiel saw the one who was seated above the throne, and he saw the color amber, and from his loins upward, his appearance was if on fire. And even his loins downward, and he had the appearance of fire and brightness round about him as the appearance of the rainbow in the cloud and the day of the rain. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when Ezekiel saw it, he fell upon his face. And then he heard a voice saying to him, 
son of man, stand on your feet. And, you know, Frank, I think back to the, the time when I had been shown the events soon to come in America. And, you know, this was 25 years ago that I'd been translated into what I'm convinced is the end of this year, perhaps it's early next year, the intense persecution coming upon the church. And, and, and then in, in a business meeting, the Lord had called me to speak and share this with the people. And, and as I did, I, I fell on my face before the Lord. And I too heard the Lord shout at me, stand on your feet. Even as he shouted to Ezekiel, sort of, you know, it's, God's ways don't change. He deals with, with all of us. And in the days that are ahead, this is going to be the experience of many. You're going to fall on your face. You're not going to be standing. You're going to loose your loins. Bone-chilling fear is coming. If we're not walking in the anointing, we'll be tempted to become afraid, even as the nations will be filled with fear. And, you know, that's the reason why we must discipline ourselves now. Discipline ourselves to come into the presence of God. Discipline ourselves to come out of the mind of the flesh. Discipline ourselves to begin to rest in the place of the spirit of God. Because when the earth is being shaken by the judgments about to be released, we want to be the people that can basically continue to stand. But for many, and, and for me at, the, at that time, I was on my face weeping. And the Lord shouted at me, stand on your feet. God calls his people to stand in this time. And as he stood up, Ezekiel said, the spirit of God entered into me and spoke unto me. And he set me on, a, on my feet. And I heard him that spoke unto me. So too, when we're finally humbled, when we're finally emptied out, when we finally have been purged by the fires of judgment, and by the spirit of burning, we finally repented of the sins that we did not even want to find hidden in our hearts in that place of total repentance we will throw away the idols of pride we're we're a nation so proud we can't even see the pride right before our eyes but we will destroy those graven images those abominations will have no more place among us and then we will truly bow with all of our heart for the throne and the face of the Lamb. And in that place, once we've humbled ourselves, the Lord will shout, stand on your feet. And the Spirit of God will come upon us. And we will be lifted up upon our feet. And you will hear the instructions of the Lord. And in that time in Ezekiel, chapter 2, verse 3, the Lord said unto Ezekiel, son of man, I'm sending you to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me, even unto this very day. The sin that God was appointing Ezekiel to rebuke had continued even to that very day. For they were of impudent children and stiff-hearted. That word impudent literally means irreverent, scoffing and mocking the holy things of God. No fear of God. No reverence to to that which is holy unto the Lord, the people that just did whatever they wanted. That is such a picture of this age. That was a picture of Israel right before their judgment. That is a picture of America today. 
And the Lord said to Ezekiel, whether they hear you or not, they will know the word of God has come among them, that a prophet of God has been among them. And then the Lord said to them, to Ezekiel, son of man, be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns be with thee. And though you dwell among scorpions, be not afraid of their words, nor dismayed at their looks, though they be a most rebellious house. And speak to them my words, and whether they hear or whether they forbear, for they are most rebellious. But you, son of man, hear what I say unto you. Be not rebellious like this rebellious nation. Open your mouth and eat that which I give thee. Receive the word of the Lord. Receive the rebuke from heaven. Receive God's corrections. Receive God's conviction. And receive his commandments. Stop doing what's right in your eyes. Begin to do the express commandments of the Lord. That it might be well with you in the time of fire that is coming. And so God told Ezekiel. Don't be like this people that just disregard my every word. Rather, you open your mouth and you eat. You take your life substance from my very word. And you eat the word. You live based on my word. And Isaiah or Ezekiel rather said, I looked and behold, a hand stretched out to him. And a scroll of a book was in the hand. And he spread it before me, and it was written within and without. The scroll had writing on both sides of the paper, on the inside, the outside. So the word of God will manifest within and without our lives. It will be manifest in our faces. It will manifest in our hearts. And in this scroll was written lamentations, mourning, and woe. And that is exactly what God is going to speak to this nation now. Lamentations. The word is kinah, and it means a dirge, like a funeral dirge, the beating of the breast, a lamentation for the dead and for all that was lost. The pleasant fields will be burned with fire, the cities destroyed, the daughters, the sons and daughters of the people of this land will be no more. People have been forsaken. The land will be forsaken. There'll be a time of mourning. And the word is hegah. And it literally means sighing. A mourning sound to groan. An inarticulate sound. It also means the growling of a lion. And groaning in pain. And distress. as the, Similar to the sigh that the Lord gave. Well, he hung on the cross for our sin. Mourning and groaning. Lamentations, a beating of the breast, a sighing, a mourning and a, and a groaning of sorrow and pain and woe. And the word literally means of wailing only, a crying out in utter agony. The same word, it's, it's the word he in Hebrew, and the same word appears in Psalm 90, verse 9. For all of our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale. That word for tale is literally the word for mourning. Pardon me, it's hege. And it literally means the groaning and suffering pain. All of our years 
are as a time of suffering. And the days of our years are 70. And then if by reason of strength, they shall be 80. Yet in their strength is a time of, of sorrow and hard labor. And then we're soon cut off and we fly away. So too for America, Babylon, the land of the Chaldeans. We spent 70 years mourning, 70 years groaning, 70 years with lamentations. Now, the people that worshiped the other gods, they closed their eyes to the truth. Had they seen the true condition of this nation, they would have been weeping for the children that have been murdered. For almost 50 years, blood, the blood of innocent babies have been poured down our sewers. Their body parts trafficked in our universities. Even live unborn babies that survived the abortion alive were packaged up and sent to the torture chambers in our major universities for experimental testing to see how long they could survive being physically tortured. And these are the innocent of America. And can you even imagine what is about to come upon this people? And every one of them rebellious, impudent, dishonoring and disrespecting the Lord. A people that despise me in their hearts, he says. Oh, they honor him with their lips. Their hearts are far from him. They care only for their own way. They seek their own wealth. They seek their pleasures and their comforts. And of course, they seek their food. They've got to fill their bellies. They turn their eyes away from the suffering of Joseph. And they turn their hearts away from the cries of the children being slaughtered in what should be the safest place of all, in your mother's womb. And so a time of grievous judgment is about to come upon our land. Jeremiah himself warned in chapter 7, verse 29, Cut off your hair, O Jerusalem, and cast it away. Take up a lamentation on your high places, for the Lord has rejected and forsaken the generation of his wrath. And there were people that had been appointed for the wrath of God. The chazam of the Lord, God's furious wrath, would come upon a people that were stiff-hearted, a people that were impudent, a people that had mocked his holy attributes, despised his grace, rationalized their sin. And imagined that they would be saved because they too were the children of Abraham. The Lord called them the generation of his wrath. We know from the scriptures that this final generation is the most wicked in all of creation. And I don't have the time to prove that out to you tonight, but we could certainly do it in another program. But this is like the time of Noah, only worse. This generation, this people are like the people of Sodom and Gomorrah but only worse because if the people of Sodom and Gomorrah had a church on every corner, certainly more than a remnant would have repented, but they did not have a Bible in practically every house. They did not have the gospel of Jesus Christ presented to their nation for 70 straight years. No, they walked in the darkness and when the judgment came, when the Lord could stand no more, 
fire and brimstone fell from heaven. And the Lord says unto this people, they have done worse, having despised the grace of my son's death on the cross. They used his grace as an excuse to continue in their sin. What is coming is more severe than what came upon Sodom and Gomorrah. It is more severe than the judgment in Noah's hour. And people don't realize this. They don't carefully study the scriptures. Most people don't realize that in the flood of Noah's day, when the fountain of the deep broke open, the water that came forth out of the earth, which had been compressed under seven or eight atmospheres, actually came out superheated in hundreds of degrees of temperature, beyond the boiling point of, of water at the air pressure of sea level. But because of the pressure in the deep, the water became superheated, but was still in liquid form. This water merged with the floods from the heavens above. And the water was boiling. The people weren't drowning. They were in boiling water. And I, I have to wonder if that was less severe than the eternal hellfire that awaits the majority of humanity. If we had half the sense about us, we would truly walk with the fear of the Lord. Jeremiah 9 verse 10, for the mountains will I take up a weeping and a wailing, and for the wilderness a, a lamentation, because it's all burned up, it's all going to be burned so that none can pass through. You think vaccine passports are a problem? There'll be no passports at all, and fear will be in the way. And neither can any bear the voice. There, you cannot hear the voice of the cattle or from the fowls of heaven or any beast. They've all fled. They are gone. There'll be no cattle. There'll be no deer left alive. The earth will be scorched with the wrath of his displeasure. Amos 8, verse 1. And the Lord said unto me, and he showed unto me, and behold, I saw a basket of summer fruit, which one would gather at the end of the summer harvest. And, and this basket of summer fruit that was presented to Amos, I think the word, and Frank, you can correct me if, I'm, if I got this wrong, but I think it's a cornucopia. It's that it's that horn uh, type basket that we often see in the Thanksgiving pictures. You know, where maybe we colored them when we were young and, and it would be this huge basket full of the fruit of the harvest when men still worshiped the Lord in this land. And people came together on Thanksgiving, not to feed the flesh, not to get drunk, not to become gluttons and watch the Nephilim play football. They came together and they humbled themselves and they cried out in praise and worship. And, in, and they wept before the face of the Lord, thanking God for his mercy that the harvest had come in and the people would survive the winter. And that's the basket of summer fruit that Amos was shown. It was the Thanksgiving basket. And God said to Amos, what do you see? And 
You know, had Amos been raised in our generation, he would have said, oh, Lord, I see the basket of Thanksgiving fruit. I see a Thanksgiving table. And then the Lord said unto Amos, well, the end has now come. Thanksgiving is over. A time of lamentation and woe has come. And I will not pass by them anymore. The Lord has been passing by this nation. He's been passing by this church. He's been passing by this people that are called by his name. And he's been sending his warnings and his corrections. And he sent his trials. And he sent his judgments being metered out, trying to turn the people back. But no matter what God did, the people would not turn. And so now the Lord says, I will pass by them no more. There will be no Passover for America. Rather, the angel of death will come and visit many homes. Amos 8, verses 9 to 12. And it shall come to pass in that day, said the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon. And I will darken the earth on a clear day. And I'll bring, and I will turn your feast into mourning. And all of the songs of this nation shall become lamentations with sackcloth upon every loin, baldness on every head. And I will make it a land of mourning only. And the end thereof will be a bitter day. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord. I'm going to send a famine into this land. Not a famine of bread or of water yet, but of hearing the word of the Lord. And the people will wander from sea to sea, from north even to the east, running to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and they shall not find it. And today, so many people are on the internet checking the news every day. You know, it's almost an addiction. You know, it's, it's fear porn or it's, you know, people are listening to all these watchmen, all these talking heads. But how many of them really have the word of the Lord? Or is it nothing more than the words of men? Is it really the enemy just boasting about what he's about to do? Mm. You have to ask yourself, what is the fruit of investing your time in searching out all of these news stories? The judgment of God is about to begin. It's going to come suddenly. It's going to be a breach. It's going to be a wall that break. It'll be a broad wall that will break suddenly. And the, the U.S. stock market is on the corner of Broad and Wall Street. And it's going to crash suddenly. And with it, the financial system. Then the banks will close. Then they, they'll have the cyber attacks on the internet and cyber attacks on the communications system and cyber attacks on the electric grid. And the stores will close. The riots will begin. The cities will start burning. There'll be no food in the stores. There'll be no gasoline at the gas pump. People will be afraid to drive. The violence in the land. Brother's hand will be lifted against another. Then the red horse will come. And these events are upon us, perhaps as soon as just this fall. Hallelujah. Ezekiel in chapter 4 was told, Lie thou upon thy left side and lay the iniquity of the house of Israel upon it. For I've laid upon thee the years of their iniquity. Imagine that. 
Ezekiel got the iniquity of the entire nation laid upon him. And so he bore the iniquity for the whole nation. And he had to lay on the ground based on the number of days. God appointed each day for a year of the iniquity of the people. Hallelujah. But there will be a remnant that escapes for those who repent of their rebellion. Those who will actually take heed how they hear and begin to obey the commandments. And it's not that hard. You, all you got to do is look it up in the book. Go read the book of Joel. It's three chapters. It's like three pages. You've got five minutes. And go ahead and make a list of everything God commands you to do in the book of Joel. Write it down. Make a little to-do list. You'll find five or six, maybe seven items that you can glean from that book. Put that list on your refrigerator or on your mirror in the morning. And go and do the things the Lord said to do. And watch the changes that happen to you. Or not. Just disregard the commandments of God. Then, well, you'll get to watch what happens to you as well. But there will be a remnant that will take heed. There will be a remnant that will escape. Ezekiel 7, verse 16. But they that escape of them shall escape. What does that mean? It means exactly what it says. The remnant is going to escape. The remnant that escapes actually will escape. There's going to come a point where we're going to need to run. We're going to move. God's going to hide us. And, and ultimately, we shall be on the top of the mountains like doves of the valley, all of us mourning, everyone weeping for his iniquity. And all hands shall be feeble, all knees weak as water. They will gird themselves with lamentations, with sackcloth. Horror will cover the people and shame upon all faces, baldness upon all heads. So none of us are getting a pass in this hour. There's none of us that has not sinned grievously before the Lord. Look, this is a narcissistic generation of people. Yes. Amen, right, Frank? In the last days, men will become narcissists, yes. lovers of their own self. Well, how do you survive if you grew up in a family of narcissists? If you can't beat them, you join them and you learn these ways. But if you have a heart that actually cares, you realize this is horrible. How can we be so blind? In reality, the other people, the other people should be more important to us than ourselves. That's the way the Lord thought. He told me, I always put my people first. He put his children first. He's a good father. Any good mother is going to think of her babies before she thinks of herself. Every father that's got the mercy of God in his heart is going to put the needs of his family ahead of his own needs. But so too we as a people walking in the, in the love and in the spirit and in the mind of Christ are going to be concerned about our neighbors. But yet we live in a narcissistic hour. It's a nation of narcissism. 
And we all need to repent of it. We all need to come out of it. We have to die to that self-love. We have to die to that selfish, central, central focus, self-interest. We have to lay our lives down for the Lord himself. Whosoever is willing to lose their life for my sake, he shall save it. And whosoever seeks to save his self-life, you've already lost. And I'll tell you another part of the mystery if you're still trying to do this in your own strength, you have yet to pass the test. Because the test was designed to teach you that you cannot do this in your own strength. So stop trying by yourself and learn how to enter the presence of God and to put on the power of the Holy Spirit cease from your own works, cease from your own way, enter the Sabbath of the new covenant, which is the place of resting in the spirit of God, and then begin to do the works of God with the help of the Holy Spirit. Then you will pass the test. Be ready for the hour that is at hand. Time that is coming, Ezekiel 7, 19. They shall cast their silver in the streets. Their gold shall be removed. It will be taken from you. Their silver and their gold shall not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. So I have good news for you. If you don't have any silver or gold, don't worry. It couldn't have saved you anyway. They'll literally throw the silver in the street. It won't be worth the effort of carrying it. The gold, much of it will be stolen by the criminals, taken away at the first checkpoint. And even if you get to hold on to it, your silver and your gold shall not be able to deliver you in the day of wrath that has come. And they shall not satisfy their souls. Your gold, your silver, and your soon-to-be worthless American money will not satisfy your soul, nor will it fill your bowels, your belly. People will eat, but they'll never be filled. They'll never feel like they've eaten enough because this is the stumbling block of your iniquity. It was the, the gluttony and, the, and the, just the almost brutish Obsession with food here in America. Everything we do has to involve food. Every church function has got to be a potluck. We, how many churches have a fast luck meeting? It's all about food. It's the stumbling block of our iniquity. Ezekiel 7, verse 19, brothers and sisters. And this is in the day of judgment. These are the stumbling blocks of our iniquity. And we've got to repent of this iniquity. The vast majority of, them are, of us are gluttons. We eat for pleasure, not strength. That's gluttony. The scripture says, woe unto the nation whose leaders eat for pleasure. Well, this whole country eats for pleasure. And how blessed is that nation whose princes and leaders eat for strength. They eat food when they need the sustenance and the strength therefrom. And beyond that, they are living a fasted life before the Lord. How blessed are those people. But the ones who are full of gluttony and full of pride and full of, what is it, envy, 
covetousness. Can never have enough gold. I mean, if you're prone to wanting to have money, what's enough? The first 10,000 doesn't do. The first 100,000, you know, sounds like a lot until you get 100,000 and you need a million. If you ever get a million, you realize you really need 10. 10 is not enough. You need 100. And 100 won't do. You've got to be a billionaire before you're through. There's never enough. It's just like life. There's never enough of the things of the flesh to satisfy our carnal nature because these things are the stumbling blocks. And the word is mikshol in the scriptures, and it means the obstacle. This is what we were supposed to overcome. This is the reason we were called to fasting and prayer, so we would overcome the things of the flesh. This is why the Lord commanded us to give, so we wouldn't all become I guess the word's escaping me, Frank. What word am I looking for when you just love money so much, but, you know, you're always wanting more, but, you know, you don't ever want to admit that to yourself because, you know, that sounds kind of paganistic, right? Or idolatry. What's the word, Frank? Um, just greed, I guess. Or? Deny. I greed with a, with a bunch of denial and, you know, I don't, I don't know the exact word, but it's definitely greedy. Just always, it's all about how much money we can get and how much food we can eat. And you know what? Look, we were raised in this stuff. This was modeled for us. This was thing when we were young, this was Thanksgiving dinner. It wasn't a time of bowing our heads and, and thanking God for the prosperity we've enjoyed as Americans. No, it was football and it was Budweiser and it was avocados and guacamole and, and turkey and a second helping. And do you want two pieces of pumpkin pie, extra whipped cream, please? Right. And then all of us would be laying there on the couch going, oh. Well, Benjamin, if you if you put a little church in there, then it can be holy gluttony, you know, yeah. so th that then you then it's OK as long as you mix a little church in there with it. Exactly. And this word for stumbling block, it means what caused you to fall. Well, how did the church fall from the truth? How did the great falling away occur? It occurred because of our stumbling blocks. And what were those stumbling blocks? Right here. The silver and gold is not going to save you. It can't help you at all. And in the end, you're going to throw it away. And also, it's not going to fill your belly. It doesn't matter how much you eat. You'll never be satisfied. If you're a glutton, there's, you've got to have more. If you're addicted to pornography, you can't ever stop. If you're addicted to heroin, you need another high. All of these forms of enslavement to the, the literally the bondages of the flesh are the stumbling blocks of the iniquity of this nation. But the one that is pervasive is this greed or lust for money. And then also this obsession with food. What are we going to eat? And it's become the stumbling block. It's what caused these people to fall. It's the offense. It's brought the ruin. It's brought obesity to a significant percentage of our population. It's wrecking all of our health because we're eating all this processed food that was basically manufactured by the satanic elite. And it's chemically designed to basically... Um, block the flow of the frontal lobe of your brain to basically sort of chemically lobotomize the frontal lobe, which is the part of your brain where you hear the Lord. 
And so that's what all of this has done. It's become the stumbling block of our iniquity. You know, the commentators write, the ruin of a sinner comes slowly at first, but when it finally comes, it will be in total. And in the heaviest judgments of God, he inflicts upon sinners through their own ways. They're beaten with the rod of their own making. And so too, these stumbling blocks. The silver and gold that was coveted, that's the word I was, I was struggling for. They covet. It was coveted immeasurably and abused to pride and luxury and idolatry and ultimately oppression. This the people stumbled at and they fell into sin. Ancient Israel made a golden calf in the wilderness and bowed to worship it. In America, the gold is at Fort Knox or it's at the Wall Street firms or it's in your 401k. And the people look and they watch the numbers add up. And their eyes light up. They have the joy of the wealth of Babylon. Well, I got news for you. This wealth will be removed in one hour. We'll cast our silver in the streets. These riches are of no use now. In a time of famine, they're no use at all. Nobody's going to part with food in exchange for metal. People that loved riches and put possessions as the, as the supreme measure of happiness will now find a pound of gold not worth an ounce of bread, writes one of the commentators. And because this is the stumbling block of our iniquity, this was the occasion on which the church in America fell. It was covetousness, which is idolatry, worshiping the creation and not the creator. You know, I've been rich. I've been poor. But with the presence of God, I've been blessed. And if the Lord were to leave, I don't care how much money you have. It's worthless. It's vanity and vanity. It's toe and bow. And if you have but a little, but you have the Lord, you have everything you need. This is the idolatry that has opened the door to the judgment that's about to begin. Hallelujah. Frank, how are we doing for time? About 10 minutes. Awesome. Yeah, I wanted to touch on Ezekiel 22. Maybe we should just go there for uh, a brief intro. And as I mentioned, you guys, I'm going to do a detailed study, which will be up on the Day of the Lord YouTube channel. But yeah, let's flip over to Ezekiel 22. If you guys have your Bibles open, uh, go ahead and turn to chapter 22. Hallelujah. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, now thou son of man, will thou judge? Will thou judge the bloody city? Yes. You shall show her all of her abominations. That's sort of what tonight's program is all about. Declaring and pronouncing the judgment. This is God's judgment upon America. It's covetousness, it's idolatry, it's addictions to the pleasures of the flesh. And it's absolute reproach of the things of God. These are the sins of America. Yea, thou shalt show her all her abominations. Then shalt thou say, thus saith the Lord, the city sheds blood in the midst of it, that her time may come and makes idols against herself to defile it. 
These abominations have defiled us. The shedding of the blood in the cities of our country was ultimately the defilement of this land. And, you know, that word for abomination is toabah, and it literally means something disgusting, morally abhorrent, something that is loathsome, detested, utterly abhorred. And that's the sins of America. They are abominations. The woke generation is the generation that woke up and called abominations good. And they believe it. They worship it. They relish in it. And they call the morality and the righteousness of the people of God, they call that bad. They call evil good. And they call that which is good evil. So now their judgment shall come. Then say thou, thus saith the Lord, the city that sheds blood in the midst of it, that her time may come, and the time of expiration has come. Isn't it obvious, Frank, that we've passed into the judge, judgment cycle now? Uh, yes. I mean, I, mean I, I don't know if anybody else, but if you work in the regular world, you've seen it. In the IT world, we've seen it. Uh, in everything else, the military, we've seen it. I, I don't know. I don't know if some people will see it until the bomb explodes. But for the rest of us, yes. Yeah, it really, and it started right at the end of the 70th year of America Babylon, which was March of 22, March of 21. And, you know, and, and, and now having started the sequence of judgment, it's not going to be stopped. You know, the people in the world are, are hoping to go back to what they call normal. Normal's over. And it's never coming back. Ezekiel 22, verse 4. Thou have become guilty in the blood that you've shed. America is now found guilty before the Lord. The blood of 70 million babies have been poured out in our streets. Thou hast defiled thyself in thy idols, which thou hast made. America has been defiled by the worship of these idols and by the spilling of innocent blood. And thou hast caused thy day to draw near. We brought this upon ourselves. We did this. America set the course of this judgment all on her own. And are come even unto thy years. The generation of our years are 70. We've come to the 70 years. And we're past our expiration. The time of life, which is the season of 70 years, is ending. And now will come the time of death. Therefore have I made thee a reproach unto the heathen and a mocking to all countries. And the heathen in America today, who are the, the wicked, who do not believe in the Lord, who do not know the Lord. They have no reverence for the things of God. They are basically brutish, beast-like creatures raised on all this darkness. These are the unbelieving youths. They hate America. They hate Christianity, and they consider all of it a form of white supremacy, and they want to destroy it. They want to destroy you, too. They want to be done with all of us. They want our Christian legacy destroyed. They want our Christian holidays canceled. They want the Christian churches closed and burned to the ground. And they want the Christians eliminated, removed from their midst. We've been made a reproach unto the heathen and a mocking to all other countries. The world looks on us and cannot even 
believe what they're seeing. Although much of the NATO nations seem to be joining us in the abomination. I guess NATO nations are all part of the same abomination since they're all under the rule of the same dark powers. But we've been made a mocking, both internally, the heathen hate our Christian heritage, and internationally, the nations. They can't believe what's happening here. Verse 5, those that be near and those that be far from thee shall mock thee, which are infamous and much vexed, full of much tumult, much conflict, much problem. Nothing but trouble in this land at this point. And isn't that exactly what's happening? The world is mocking us, right? And, and we can't even see us. They shall mock thee. And it's kalas. It literally means ridicule, scoff, and scorn. We're infamous. And, and the word is, and it literally, it's two words. It's tame, which means religiously defiled. And, and shem, it means our honor. Our, what was the honor of America has now been defiled. What made America great, as Alex de Tocqueville wrote in his book on democracy, he wrote, America is great because America is good. And if America should ever cease to be good, America will no longer be great. And that is exactly what has happened. We have fallen from the standard of righteousness that, that this nation, at least part of it, held up to the world and it's fallen. Even the churches have become habitations of devils for the most part. Only a remnant of the churches even have the Holy Spirit now. We are religiously defiled. And as a result, we are much vexed. And literally means, the words rob, it means an abundant amount of vexation. And that's michoma, and it means trouble. You know, conflict, destruction, confusion, and uproar. Everybody's angry and mad and offended. And, and it takes nothing to get people angry today because the nation itself has been turned over. The Red Horse is already taking peace from our country as one citizen is angered at another. And um, it's because we despised God's word. Because the church literally turned a deaf ear to the cries of the, of the innocent. And the church wouldn't pray for the babies. The pastors wouldn't even talk about the issue of abortion. They wouldn't mention the, the unborn babies that were being murdered, slaughtered, burned in the, to death through these saline solutions. You know, they would just burn the baby. Um, using basically a super toxic chemical that, you know, burns the skin first. Baby's not dead, just had the skin burned off. It's got to burn through to the vital organs before maybe if it burns the umbilical cord, the oxygen supply will stop and the baby will die in, in a minute or two. We were burning these babies and the church turned away now it's a horrible thing to consider I, I understand why some people want to turn away but the lord 
he came to me and he said, I want you to pray for the babies that are being murdered in America. Guys, some of you remember my testimony. I said, what? Why do you want me to pray, Lord? Why don't you just get your church to pray? I didn't consider myself part of the church at that time. I'd kind of fallen away. And the Lord said to me, I've asked my church to pray. And they won't pray. Have mercy. Yeah. Now, I'm sure had I gone to the churches back in, uh, that was probably 1978 or, or so. Yeah, 78. And I knocked on the church doors and, you know, con- Ask the elders or the pastors or whatever. Hey, did the Lord ask you guys to pray? Did you refuse to pray? I'm sure I would have got nothing but denial. Oh, no, no. God never asked us to pray. Or we surely would have prayed. Well, you know, that's our excuse, right? We always offer a blame-shifting denial on some level. But no, the Lord said, I've asked my church to pray and they won't pray. That was about, what, 43 years ago? Yeah, and it's only went way up since then in abortion. Yeah. yeah. And how many are willing to pray today? The Lord's asking us to fast and pray. He's asking us to gather in solemn assemblies. He's asking us to humble ourselves, to put on the spirit of sackcloth and ashes, to come down from our throne of pride. And I had one Christian friend, brother, that I prayed with for some period of time, and you know, one point there was a he was praying for healing and and there was no instantaneous miraculous healing and i'm like brother you know don't get offended but sometimes you've got to fast and pray some of these things don't move without fasting and prayer and he got angry he's like i'm not going to change my doctrine for you i'm thinking wait a minute um the lord said this and what do you mean my doctrine look you know if we pray and and we don't receive the answer, something is in the way. And I would encourage you guys to learn and to operate in spiritual warfare. Come against the gatekeepers. Come against the strongman spirits. Come against all hindering spirits. Learn how to take authority in Jesus' name. Bind those spirits in Jesus' name. I bind every hindering spirit that's coming against you right now, trying to steal the word of God from your heart. The birds have come to steal these precious words from out of your heart so that you would not obey. But I rebuke those birds and I send them away in Jesus' name. And I come against the strong man. I bind the strong man spirit operating in your life. I command him to be bound in Jesus' name. And I cast him out. I show him the door. And I command him to walk through it and do not return. And I bind the gatekeepers that would also try to be part of the confusion, to hide the points of access so that the demonic cannot be destroyed. I come against all of that in the authority of Jesus' name. And, you know, if, if our first prayers don't move the demonic, then we go back to the place of worship, we go back to the place of faith, and we continue to attack. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. And sometimes a wrestling match is not over in the first 10 seconds. Sometimes what we're up against is generational strongholds. And a lot of us are fighting this. Look, we're in the midst of the most wicked generation of all time. We're in, we walk on the land that has been more defiled than any other land. And we wonder why we can't just instantly break through. 
And some of us think that we need to defend our doctrine. No, you need to learn how to equip yourself with the knowledge of how to undertake spiritual warfare so we can get the victory. Jesus himself prayed for uh, one person, a blind man. Jesus prayed more than once. The Lord's prayer didn't get it done the first time. Well, was there something wrong with the Lord's faith? You know, that's to perish that thought. Of course not. The Lord's faith was perfect, holy, and true. So what was the problem? The hindrance was so large. The Lord himself prayed twice. If the Lord prayed twice, we continue in prayer until the victory is received. You know, the, the enemy brought all the confusion into the church and, and you know, in this false um, word of faith movement, you know, name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, you know, declare it to be done and it's done. And then don't ever pray again because that's unbelief. Listen, stop letting Satan teach you false doctrine. We stand in the gap until it is over. The army doesn't leave the field until the battle is won. That's how we get it done in reality in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. They so, held up Moses' hands, brother. They held him up his arms, you know. Exactly. So the battle was won. Hey, brother, that's exactly what's been happening in my life. I've got a couple of true intercessors that are friends of mine. They've been praying for me for well over a year that my hands would remain strong as I've been standing in this war and I'm standing in the gap. And that's what all of us need to learn how to do. And that's the message of Ezekiel 22. But you guys are going to have to go to the Day of the Lord YouTube channel because we're kind of plumb out of time here on Remnant Call. But I think tonight's message was uh, worth listening to, worth taking notes, and worth taking heed. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. And folks, what's coming up on the Remnant Call uh, is going to be a special episode. Um, we're going to do it soon. We're going to pray about it. And um, on the seven-year ministry of Jesus. And you might be saying, well, Jesus's ministry was only three and a half years. Well, then you better listen into the program. If you want to find out the seven year ministry of our Lord, it, um, it will challenge you. It will, it will challenge you and to study deeper in the scriptures and uh, to understand that the Lord's ministry. Well, I don't want to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't heard it. So we'll wait for that to come. Brother, God bless you. And thank you for coming on tonight and sharing this with us. Um, people go over, check out Benjamin's uh, YouTube channel, uh, subscribe, you know, make sure you're hitting that like buttons and everything, because we've got to, the more we subscribe, the more it gets um, published and the more it gets circulated around there. And then honestly, we've got to pray brother. And, and we're another platform we can share from because we understand uh, that this may be shut down and uh, and in this and we don't know when it could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be any time. They can just shut it right down. So we yeah. need to do all that and look at where the Lord would have us to maybe place our stuff at also. So anyways, brother, uh, God bless you. Thank you so much for being on the remnant call tonight. And um, you posted, though, real quick in between. I have not been over there. I you know, had to be gone. My wife some this week. Your show you were talking about last week that you were getting ready. Has that been released now? Um, which show was that, Frank? Sorry. I'm trying to remember now. It was after the everyone. Um, no, I think I was talking about uh, Ezekiel 22, which is 
Okay. Uh, yeah, it's going to be huge. You're going to want to hear it. Okay, so it's coming. Oh, all right, great. Well, coming. everybody will be looking forward to that. God bless you. Thank you all for being here. This is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, sounded on the mountain. Though a trumpet in Zion.